there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Take something iconic, like the all-electric 2024 Fiat 500e. Add something electrica. Bring the swagger. And an Italian icon is remixed and ready to drop with its available premium JBL audio system. Tap the banner to learn more. Fiat is a registered trademark of FCA Group Marketing SPA. Used under license by FCA US LLC. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, elegant listeners, and welcome to Go! My Favorite Sports Team, the ultimate sports podcast with pure elegance. Today, we might be even a little more elegant today as much like before when Wade joined me. Mark is absent. He has disappeared off the face of the earth and we cannot locate him, but good news is we got an upgrade. Bob's here with me. Wow. I'm going to definitely make sure Wade hears that clip. (laughs) I'm an upgrade. (laughs) Take that, loser. Anyway, I'm Tyler. I'm your, I guess, primary host at this point of Go My Favorite Sports Team, the one with the master's degree, one with the know-how. But I'm here with Bob, who also knows a good bit about sports, definitely more than Mark. Well, that's a low bar, but I know a bit about some sports particularly, yes. I mean, you know a good amount of, like, sports law, because I know you kind of covered that in law school a little bit, right? I I studied for a whole year with the, uh, at the time who was the in-house counsel for the Carolina Hurricanes hockey team. Oh, that's cool. This is the first I'm hearing about that. Yeah, he was adjunct at our law school, and uh, he was a really cool dude. He loves sports, but he was at the time in-house for the Hurricanes and had a lot of really cool insights about... uh, He had worked... I I forget. I think he had worked in college athletics as well, but he had a lot of cool insights about the NHL and pro athletics in general from the legal side. It was very interesting. Some good classes. Yeah, I remember taking my, like small singular sports law class and being like ah legal i kind of know this but definitely not to the extent that you took law courses i mean your entire program was law so i definitely knew a lot of sports law stuff this will be like a test of how much i remember potentially <laughs> if we get into that part if we get into yeah, that if it part. comes up <laughs> really be reaching back there for sure well how are you doing today bob how's everything going on your end pretty good uh, for anyone who's a listener here, but not of the other podcast that Wade is on and Mark is on. You may have heard of, you probably, you may have heard of it since I know Mark talks about it on this one, talks a lot of shit, <laughs> threatens people, threatens to fight the short host on our show, stuff like that. Mandy is pregnant. My wife, Mandy is pregnant and she's due in December. And we had a scare this past week that it was possible she had a complication, but it looks like she's okay and the baby's okay. But yeah. So that's basically what's been going on, and it's pretty good news. That is great news after having scary news. Yeah. 
I'm glad that that things are looking up. Is she is she feeling better? Is she still having a rough pregnancy? Oh, just as bad. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so as a as context, Mandy for her entire pregnancy has had a very small occurring, small likelihood uh, complication where she basically has morning sickness twenty four seven, and it comes and goes. It's better now than it was in the first. I don't know two thirds, maybe half of her pregnancy, where she was just sick all the time. If she got up, stood, moved, rolled over, anything would make her sick. Uh, but she still has that. Any any wrong movement or wrong like eat or drink the wrong thing or whatever, immediately super nauseous, really unpleasant. It's made the whole thing awful for her. But she's getting through it, and it's almost the end now. And everyone's still healthy, it looks like. So we're almost there. Fingers crossed it continues that way. Yeah. Send all of your elegant, warm, comforting thoughts over to Mandy's way. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. You know, all those subscription websites, they just hide those charges from you. They're hidden and repetitive and you forget about them. Oh, I know exactly which websites you're talking about. The ones that you like to go to. You do? I've literally spent so long digging through my finances. Rocket Money can help cancel your subscriptions. You're saying Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you can grow grow your savings? Absolutely, yes. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses? Uh-huh, yeah. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for me? Up to 20%? Maybe. But for our listeners, definitely yes. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash sportsteam. That's R-O-C-K-E-T-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash S-P-O-R-T-S-T-E-A-M. That's rocketmoney.com Slash sports team. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. CeraVe Facial Moisturizers with SPF protect skin against damaging UV rays and continuously deliver three essential ceramides to help restore skin's protective barrier so it can lock in moisture. Non-greasy, fragrance-free, and won't clog pores? With CeraVe, skin feels hydrated and looks healthy all day. CeraVe Facial Moisturizers with SPF from the number one dermatologist recommended facial moisturizer brand. Today, we are going back in time, Bob, mm-hmm. where we begin for your sports life. Oh, yeah. Is I at, did that. You, yeah. I feel like you had a sports life. I mean, we've talked about it, but we go all the way back to your birth. That's a long time ago. Yeah. You remember it's when- in Michigan. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. I was gonna. I was gonna bring that up. So Wade and I were obviously born in Ohio. Mark was born in Hawaii, but you were born in the Mitten State of Michigan. Yep, in a city, the namesake of a car brand which no longer exists. Good old Pontiac. Ah, uh... uh, actually, that's probably named after the car brand. I don't know. Stuff in Michigan's all named car stuff. Big thing for them. Was the city named after the car brand or the car brand named after the city? I'm not 100% sure, but I'd be really surprised if a huge automotive brand saw Pontiac, Michigan and was like, this is the place. (laughs) 
<laughs> we gotta name we gotta get everyone who wants one of our cars thinking of this place honestly i don't know pontiac very well but it's not like a big fantastic city or anything i would not be surprised if the city was named after the car brand the car brand was way cooler and more of a thing you know people know people know pontiac pontiac michigan named after car brand question mark what say you google Ah, no, it was named after Pontiac, a war chief of the Ottawa tribe. Oh, you know what? I did kind of know that. But also, so the car brand was named after the Native American chief? Yeah. Potentially? War chief. Interesting. But were the city and the car brand both named for that same reason on their own? I guess maybe that's where Pontiac, the person, was about, was from-ish, lived Yes, it is, in fact, the same namesake. It was named after the famous Ottawa war chief, who was also given his name to the city of Pontiac, Michigan, where the car happened to be produced. So same namesake, same reasoning. Interesting. Well, proof right there that I didn't grow up in Michigan. There you go. (laughs) I was born there, but we moved to Ohio for my mom got a new, better job. I turned four the year we moved to Ohio, I think. Oh. So... Didn't really grow up in Michigan very much. Not a big connection to Pontiac. You had three years there, so y- you probably like started to learn like the rules of play during that, like playing tag or just running around like a crazy kid like all of us do. I had a scooty. You had a scooty do? I had a scooter and we had a back patio and I had a um, Little Tykes cozy coop, which I would cruise around our basement in and fall out of and stuff. Uh, oh, and we had neighbors across the street who were way older than me who had a basketball hoop, and I thought they were cool. So was that kind of your first experience of playing sports, was like your scooter and your your toys and then playing basketball or watching the older kids play basketball? I was less interested in the basketball. I think I liked, I just liked that they were like older kids. But definitely the scooter and the little car thing, which was like still like a foot-powered, you know, scoot around a car. Mm-hmm. Those were definitely my first like physical play things. My dad had a Nintendo, the NES, back in the day, and I, I like, apparently grew up sitting in his lap watching him play Nintendo, but I don't think that's sports. The eSports of watching your dad play games. Back when an eSport was just trying to get the fastest time on Dragster on the Atari. <laughs> or playing Duck Hunt. Duck Hunt was kind of eSportsy. My aunt and uncle had Duck Hunt growing up. That was the best. Duck Hunt was so fun. It's a good game. Did you ever try and shoot the dog? God, no. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Listen, when I got good at shooting the ducks, I was like, I wonder if you can shoot the dog. Doesn't he like laugh at you or get really yeah. surprised or something? <laughs> yeah. It's messed up. He makes fun of you for missing the ducks. That's really messed up, man. Listen, I love dogs. I was only in a video game. I would never harm any creature in real life unless I was going to eat it. <laughs> right, right, for sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, moving on. Uh, this is about you, not me and my weird g- video game. Virtual dog murder fetish. <laughs> Listen, it's he never died. It's fine. He's immune. It's fine. Attempted dog murder. That sounds way worse somehow. You know? Not only did you want to do it, you couldn't. <laughs> I failed. Either the dog was smarter than you or generally just too fast, but somehow the dog bested you, which is just embarrassing on top of messed up, really. (laughs) All right, moving on, moving on, moving on. Before I get too many people attacking me for trying to shoot the virtual dog when I was a kid. Make sure you go to the Discord and leave comments. No, don't, don't do that. 
listen, everybody wants to break the game and not do what it's supposed to be done, right? You know, you it's like parkouring into places you're not supposed to get to or or glitching through walls in, in Mario 64 or something. That's true. None of mine ever involved dog murder, but it is true. Yeah, breaking games is fun. Just like cheating in sports, which we talked about last week. I was listening to that one. Yeah? I did not get very far into it, but I I thought it was really funny you started with the fisherman thing, because that's been such a meme. I I learned all about it, because I was curious what the hell the meme was about. Apparently, fish eating fancy... We got weights in the fish! Get the hell out of (laughs) here! There's no way it ate 20,000 weights. <laughs> so grew up in Michigan for a tiny bit uh-huh. till you were four, where you had your scooty-doo and your scooty car and watched other people play basketball. What was your first experience after moving to Ohio then um, sport-wise? Obviously, you know, sport in Ohio and Michigan have this giant rivalry for whatever reason. Blame Woody Hayes. Because Ohio doesn't have any good professional teams, except for a brief stint in the early mid-2000s. Hold on. Excuse excuse me? Huh? (laughs) When were the Lions good? Uh, We have the Tigers and the Pistons, who are perennially okay to pretty good, but historically both solid teams. I mean, that's fair. The Pistons. The Pistons is fair. Not going to talk about the Lions. We had Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders. Those were some good years that we still didn't win any games during. And he retired early because it was like, this sucks. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's really unfortunate. I do feel like the Lions have been the place where several like all time great potentials went to have their careers just waste away and then retire early because they hate it. Because we had Barry Sanders, who is an all-time great, yep. even though he doesn't have the achievements to go with it. We had Calvin Johnson, oh Megatron, yeah. absolute freak of nature wide receiver, could have been a number one wide receiver on a team that actually won games and went to the Super Bowl. And the year Matthew Stafford got traded oh, away yeah. from the Lions, <laughs> he won a Super Bowl. In all fairness, he went to the Rams who have just ridiculous amount of star power. Yeah, and it is, it's an absolute stretch to say that Matthew Stafford, given, you know, optimum circumstances, would have been like the one of the greatest of all time. But he's a good quarterback, and he absolutely deserved to at least have some good playoff runs and probably deserved the Super Bowl win, even if he doesn't deserve to be, you know, an, an unquestionable, like, first ballot Hall of Famer and all that stuff. He's a good quarterback who really suffered with Detroit. Yeah, he was gritty and, like, insanely tough. Like, numerous things happened where he would mm-hmm. come back in and play, like, with a dislocated non-throwing arm. Well, I, let me go back in and score this winning touchdown. And then when people are celebrating, he's like, don't touch my arm. Yeah, no, he's tough, which is the thing I appreciate in basically any athlete. He's tough and he's smart, smart enough anyway. And he had a, he has a good arm. Yeah. Did a good job uh, working with the, with the uh, was it Chargers. So you left Detroit so that you didn't suffer in the star death pit that is Detroit and Michigan. You moved to Ohio where stars also still suffer uh-huh. um, to start your sporting career. <laughs> yeah. So the first sport I actually played where it was not just like a preschool thing, because we did like gymnastics in preschool, but not serious gymnastics. I mean, that counts. That's that's getting into something. Tumble yeah. down a little foam ramp gymnastics. I hated it, but I did do that. I mean, you're working on flexibility, right? It didn't help me. 
They didn't make you do splits and then the coach just pushed down on you angrily and is like, you can't do this, go harder. Because that's what happened to me when I did gymnastics. No, I think they recognized a true lack of talent when they saw one and just let me just let me do whatever I was going to do. Uh, but the thing I do remember as my first sporting experience was kids soccer. Ah, yes. Rec league soccer, which just started when I was like four or five years old, I think, like pretty young. The circle pit of kick. I don't remember any of the actual game play or experiences from the game. I do know I always I've always been interested in being a goaltender. Hmm. I have always wanted to be a goalie, a hockey goalie. I always thought that was what I would do when I was really young. Oh, that's cool. And I also really like being a keeper in soccer. I'm a big, tall, and my entire life I've been really heavy. So I was good at the reactions, but physically not very, uh, what's that word? Not amphibious. Agile? Yeah, that's the one. I've never (laughs) been- Amphibious? Hold on. Hey, that's pretty close. (laughs) Amphibious and agile. A-A-G next to A-M-P-H. Well, but the M is close to shish to the G. How many letters away is that? It's less than half. I mean, you know, I have to give it to you because your brain works differently than mine. Like, you might be imagining words and how they're spelled, whereas I think about what the action is and I see it visually. Because we talked about this mm. at one point about how you don't you don't have, like, an inner monologue. And I think you also said you don't, like, when you picture something, you picture more the word than the object, right? Yeah, I am. I have a Fantasia, which people always seem to love when we talk about it in any context. I've talked about it with well, I haven't really talked about it with you on like a live stream or anything, but I've brought it up with several different people and everyone's always like, what is that? What is that? I don't see nothing. What I'm trying to think of a word for like assembling language, it feels to me more like I'm rifling through a dictionary hmm. where I'm like, I know all these words. What's that one I'm trying to think of? And I'm looking and it's like agile, no, amp, am, amphibious. Add whatever, you know, I keep like burning through words until I find the right page. That's really interesting. I I see almost nothing visually when I imagine or sleep and dream anything. So thinking about it in the context of how you think, then it makes sense that amphibious and agile would be close together, whereas the way my mind works, they're very far apart. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay, continue. (laughs) But yeah, I I was not very agile. I was I was better with hockey because it's more positional and there's there's a smaller range of motion i mean to be a high level player you still have to be agile like a crazy freak of nature where your your reactions and your bodily accuracy and your you know you're you have to be amazing yeah but But, you don't have to like run across the full goal it's like quick reactions of your arm your leg and you're like sliding kind of back and forth yeah because the goal is like slightly bigger than the the goalie generally like it's shorter but a little bit wider the hockey goal is small enough it is actually an advantage to be a huge dude so very successful nhl goalies part of their success is that they're like six six and like 250 pounds or something they're like just huge dudes who are in the way of a lot of the goal but then also they're super fast and and the reflexes are insane yeah yeah to do to be a keeper in soccer you have to like run dive and jump pretty high even if you're in the exact right position there's a lot of physical agility that's required to get to where the ball might be Mm-hmm. I was never good at that, but I liked it. Got to wear gloves. Speed, acceleration, change of direction, all of those things. Yeah. And I, I actually was like, 
I'm a sprinter, mm-hmm. whatever physiologically that means. I've always been better at sprinting than distance. Mm-hmm. I'm surprisingly fast my whole like childhood for how big I was, but not that fast, just faster than I should be. <laughs> Would you say it was like, it wasn't necessarily top end speed. It was more of the fact that like once you, you could get going and get to your top speed pretty quick and get from point A to point B. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of it was uh, mental. I think mm-hmm. kids in a lot of kids sports, there's some processing that takes place that gets in the way of like, I see the thing, I decide what I have to do, and then I get my body moving. I guess that's reaction time more than physical speed or whatever. But like, I had a good combo of fast reactions and pretty fast, you know, first steps. I would go in the right direction and go pretty fast, pretty aggressively. But then, yeah, I was, I was slow. My top speed was slow. My follow through was really slow. I was just fast in the first like five, 10 feet. It's like instincts. You know, it's it's one of those things that you instead of thinking of doing it, you just had an, a greater inclination of just being like, I know I need to do this. And you just do instead of thinking about the various options that have in your head, you know? Yeah. Which is huge. And then not to spoil the future, but that's that's also, I think, the main thing that I had going for me when I played football. I was never as strong as a lot of the guys were who would just lift and get, you know, super ripped. Mm-hmm. And I was I was big, but I was never as aggressive in terms of like some kids who play football really seem like they're trying to kill the other guy. Yeah. And I never had that. I get that because that's the mentality. If you want to win, that's the mentality kind of. You are going to crush them into the dust with your, you know, with your speed and your and your violence. I never had that, but I was fast. I could always get to the gap first and be in the way. So there's something, some combination of things I have gives me good first, you know, first reaction sort of movement speed. But it helped with soccer, but not enough. Yeah. So would you say that like that was later years, like high school level? So like act two, the later years? Or is that like, did you start into that like youth football earlier on? I did youth football, youth football a bit. Mm-hmm. I think I started playing football in maybe fifth or sixth grade. I, I think my parents really didn't want me to play football. Yeah. Because uh, they didn't want me to get, you know, concussions and whatever. But I really was set on my goal as a kid was to play in middle school, play varsity in high school, like f- hopefully freshman, but maybe sophomore year, get on varsity. And then I wanted to go to Michigan and play football for the Wolverines. That's cool. That was like my life plan for a while. Very relatable life plan to when I was younger as well trying to make it in football. But did you play any other sports when you were younger other than getting into football around fifth grade? Was it mostly just kind of like soccer? You did gymnastics when you were little. Obviously, you had your scooty doos Before and up until high school, I think those were really the main sports. Once I got into school, and I guess once I got into middle school football, which started in seventh grade for us, mm-hmm. I played other sports purely as a bond recommendation of like our coaches. Because mm-hmm. they were, you know, the the in middle school, especially for us, the people who coached the middle school football were also coaches in all of the other sports seasons. They would coach track or wrestling or whatever. And so as a way to like stay in shape, get good conditioning, get, you know, get other experiences. I did wrestling and I did track and field uh, for middle school. Did you actually run track or did you throw like Mark did? <laughs> I... I was I was a field guy, but because we only had two events, I was a, I was a shot putter and I threw discus. Technically, you could do three, mm-hmm. and I convinced the coaches to let me run uh, the hundred yard hundred meter dash nice. as like a just as a novelty. I was always in that heat, like the last heat where there's like you know only five of the eight lanes are occupied. Mm-hmm. It's like the last you know the straggler kids. Uh, I was pretty fast. 
ish. Well, I usually came in first or second in my heat, but my heat was like the slowest heat of the entire meet. So whatever that's good for. I mean, we talked about it in the Rivals episode. You generally elevate your like effort in comparison to what you're running against. So like, it's possible that you could have ran faster if you ran against faster people. You were just dominating your heat every time. Yeah. Well, and it was the sort of thing where I did that for fun. Uh, and I did do, I did practice the blocks, the starting blocks, mm -hmm. so that I could get out of them without tripping and falling during my actual heat. But I never really did the the running practice stuff for the sprinters drills. I was pretty good at the throwing stuff. Not fantastic, but I was pretty good. I was the second best shot putter at our school, but the guy who was the best putter at our school went to regionals and got second place. Oh, wow. So he was like nice. one of the better putters in our region of Ohio. He was, he was just strong. He was so freaking strong. But yeah, I, I did all right. I like track. Well, track and field. I like field. Nice. Before we close out the younger years, are there any unique, interesting, or funny stories that you remember from back then? Maybe even embarrassing or disastrous occurrences? I remember one of my favorite things of all time, and I was really annoyed that I never convinced a coach to do this in a game, a game situation that mattered. Um, but when I was on eighth grade football, I was a starting offensive lineman, a starting center. Mm -hmm. And so like, that was my whole gig. It was really simple in middle school, but I was like calling out blitzes and calling coverages for passing plays, just like directions, really simple stuff. But I was in charge of a lot. But I every opportunity I got, I was like, coach, put a refrigerator parry me. <laughs> I'm so big. In middle school, I like in middle school, I was so much bigger than almost all of the other kids on our team and every team we played. In high school, people started to catch up because like, and who I am right now, I'm 6'4 and I'm really heavy. But like when I was in middle school, I think I was like six foot or six one, maybe like pretty tall already. And I weighed like 200 pounds already. Mm -hmm. And so I was so much bigger than all the kids. And for anyone who doesn't know, Refrigerator Perry is a uh, player, huge dude, like a lineman dude who played for the Browns back in the 80s or early 90s. I don't remember. Uh, sure. He played with the Bears. Oh, the Bears. Yeah. And he played college football at Clemson. See, B team, B team, uh, Browns and Bears, same thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But he played, he was basically a lineman. But he was a D tackle. Occasionally in goal line or short yardage positions, they would have him line up in the backfield and give him the ball because he was such a huge freaking guy that he was just really hard to tackle. And he could usually just slam into the bodies and push the pile a couple yards to get a little bit of yardage or push it into the end zone for a touchdown when they really they were really up against it. And I always wanted my coaches to do that for me. And there was one time where we were, I believe, losing so dramatically. It was like the end of the game. There was a couple minutes left, and we were down by three or four touchdowns. Mm -hmm. We were down and out pretty bad. We got to the goal line, and we had a decent running back, but he was a tiny little kid. He was like a fast, skinny running back. And the other team was just all big dudes. Mm -hmm. They were like big beefy, not going to knock them over, guys. And we couldn't do it. Our line couldn't do it. And we took a timeout and it was like, coach, just give me the ball. <laughs> I can do it. And and he was like, you know what? Fine. Yes! We're not going to we're not going to come back. So have, yes! have one play. And I scored a touchdown from like the three yard line. And it was the slowest and most unexciting touchdown ever. <laughs> Because I was just lining up in the backfield and ran straight ahead and then took the handoff and just like hit the line. It was like, 
and tried to like move to one side and nothing but i was so big and heavy that they could not stop my legs from moving and they could not push me over and i just very slowly turned away and pushed like everyone across backwards across the line and got my touchdown let's go if he would have done that more we could have got some of those short yardage first downs i'm just saying there's yeah. a lot of potential there coach you should have listened to bob I don't care if it looks like a gimmick at a at a weird football sideshow. It works. Hey, I'm I'm the big one, so I win. It's it's utilized in the NFL quite largely. Obviously, the fridge did it for a number of years, but like um, usually as lead blockers, like Domitop Pecco for the Bengals came in and was uh, in the backfield as an extra fullback when they'd run the power plays and stuff like that. It's an effective thing, so they should have listened to you. It works. A big guy with a lot of momentum is really terrifying sometimes. Derrick Henry shows you that every day. Yeah. So that was sick. So I technically have one touchdown on my uh, my entire football career, middle school and high school. That's one more than I have. Didn't you play defense? I played offense. I was a slot receiver in college and stuff. You just look like a DB to me. You're like lean and fast but muscly. Yeah, but I'm... I could see a slot receiver. I could see that. Yeah, I was I was like the primary blocker in college, coming out of the slot, blocking on run plays, blocking on screens, pass plays. But for whatever reason, like I have this mentality of I don't like to hit people. I don't mind getting hit. Hmm. So like I would rather take a hit and absorb it because I it's I'm not the one throwing my body at somebody, right? Like if I would have played, if they would have allowed me to play cornerback, I feel like I would have been a great cornerback. But they kept putting me in safety where you have to be like running downhill full speed, like just full on no care for injuring yourself when you mm-hmm. take on the running back head on if they get through a hole and the linebackers miss them. And that was not me. I I would no. I could make tackles, but if I played corner, which I'm actually the prototypical size of what they're looking for in NFL corners now with like Richard Sherman, who he came out and he was 6'1 with lanky arms and was highly effective. And I had good speed. I ran a 4'5", but they just wouldn't put me in cornerback at college. Just like my friend was also a big, a big guy. His name's Alex. And he had a cannon for an arm, but because he was so big in high school, they're like, you're an offensive lineman. And it's like, dude, yeah. he could have been the next like big Ben. Hard to tackle, fantastic strength arm. Like, did you ever see that uh, guy that played for Kentucky? Oh yeah, that was in the legendary like twelve overtime, uh, yeah, bowl game thing. Yep. Yeah. No, I like I like big quarterbacks. So do I. That that was hilarious. I've that whole game. I'm I'm not a Kentucky fan. I don't remember who they were playing, but he had so many plays, especially in the overtime where everyone's exhausted. Where he's like standing there, two guys are hanging off of him, and he's mm-hmm. like, uh, and just throws a pass. Love it. Good stuff. He played in a number of leagues outside the NFL after he didn't make it in the NFL, mm. and he just kept gaining weight. I don't know if you ever saw the highlights like within <laughs> oh, the no. last years. He was like 350-pound quarterback, and you'd see him just running over people as the quarterback in these like minor league football games. There were highlights of him. Unfortunately, he passed away within like the last few years because of health issues but oh damn yeah he he kept putting on weight and stuff and that was the biggest reason why he never really made it in the nfl is he just couldn't curb and stay in healthy enough shape for the nfl to be like yeah you're you're good but also you need to work on you know your your dietary habits and stuff like that yeah that's rough yeah so, but he was great. Like I, I remember that distinctly. Even like today, like Josh Allen for the Bills is one of those big body quarterbacks mm. that's hard to take down. And you see him be highly effective. 
So, you know, it's one of those things that I, I'm like, please give these people the opportunities when they show their their capabilities. Don't look at them just because of their size and put them in, oh, because you're a bigger guy, you should be on the offensive line. They're highly skilled. Like, you could have easily been a running back that just ran over people. Like, you know, so. That would have been fun. And me as a cornerback. would have been really embarrassing as a running back when I got out in the open, though. If I ever, like, broke out wide and got found space, everyone would have been like, oh, he cuts to the outside and oh is that as fast as he can run oh they caught him in five yards wow okay when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new Moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money Maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. All right, so going on to Act 2, because we already started into it, but this is the later years. This is like high school. So obviously we talked about like early football in eighth grade, but in high school, did you play anything other than football? Because you said you wrestled for a bit and did track and field. Did you carry those on into high school as well? So I did, uh, but I have a not very positive high school athletic story. That's fair. uh, Which is not have to do with the sports as much as it has to do with the culture inside the sporting community at my at my high school hey join the club woo yeah but yeah i did i continued to play football until through my sophomore season uh and with that i continued to wrestle and continued to do track and field actually continued to do pretty well at at uh, the throwing stuff in high school when we combined the district i wasn't like one of the stars anymore of our throwing group but i was i was serviceable in the in the 1v1 meets my my scores would usually uh or not usually but would sometimes be like high enough that it was helping the team with the overall meet scoring system and stuff and i i liked it i really liked throwing the track and field shot put and discus i really enjoyed that i did not enjoy wrestling wrestling is awful yeah people who like wrestling are just masochists who are trying to find an outlet for it because (laughs) that is just such a torturous sport in every way possible oh my god especially like how much they force you to try and cut weight the way the the exercise room i don't know if your yours did the same thing but it was always like 90 to 100 degrees in that wrestling room and they had the heaters on yeah with then make you wear sweats and then put a trash bag over your sweats to try and get it out. Luckily, they don't do that anymore because of the yeah, number well, of incidents. really dangerous. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> people, <would've> known. <laughs> heat exhaustion is a thing. Heat stroke is yeah. a thing. <laughs> yeah, no, wrestling, the practices were always awful I'm because I'm not a very flexible person, so that was a big thing for me was working on ground game or working on grappling and especially working on my flexibility because if you're not flexible, it's way easier for them to like 
hook your leg mm-hmm. and sweep you down or way easier for them to basically submit you mm-hmm. doing something that a more flexible person would be able to just sort of wait out and look for an escape as as you were working on the ground or whatever yeah uh, but also i was such a big kid and like i'm not saying i wasn't overweight but i was in shape i was pretty i was probably at my strongest in my life in high school thanks to lifting for football and wrestling mm-hmm. so i was like pretty strong pretty in shape could run decent distance which I can't run, you know, a mile now, or or I would probably pass out. I'm super out of shape. But I was so heavy that I wasn't even close to making weight when I was in high school. I think the upper weight uh, class was like heavyweight capped at maybe like 215 or maybe it was 230 or something. I think it's 230. I weighed like 250 by the time I was in high school. And I, I set like, I set the deadlift record for a brief time in our lifting room. And I think I was close to the squat record. Like I was a very strong kid, but I was always just also a fat kid. So I, I did the weight cuts and stuff. I think I made weight once in my high school wrestling career because I really started to work on l- losing weight and trying to focus on that. And I I think I weighed in once at like 229. I was like breathing out all the air in my body and my coach was holding a towel next to me and I was like putting my fingers on the towel like, come on, shave those ounces. And I, I got to wrestle and got absolutely curb stopped by this guy who was insanely good and made me look like an amateur out on the mats. But you know, good times, good times. You know what's crazy? There's a new weight class that was added. Currently, the the highest weight class in high school is 285, according to Flow Wrestling. Oh, well, I would have made that easily. That's disappointing. You know, they adjusted, um, but uh, back in our day, I think 235 was the highest weight class for, for men's. Now it's 220 and 285. Well, that's cool. I, cu- I could have definitely made 285. I think I weighed around like 240, 250 most of my high school career. But that's pretty big for a kid who's like 16, 17 years old. I was a big guy. Yeah. I mean, you're, you've always been strong. And from the sound of it, you've always been like a big, a, a bigger dude, taller and, and larger in size. But that doesn't mean unathletic. Yeah. Uh, and that that's the one thing that I think a lot of people don't understand is, and this is why I appreciate offensive linemen, defensive linemen in a massive way, is they are some of the most athletic people on the field. Like, is it Jordan Davis for Georgia that like recently got drafted who runs like a 4-8 and he's 3-15? Yeah. Like absolutely absurd. I, I don't know him specifically, but how, how fast some linemen can run. And that was a thing for me too. This is not fast. But when I was in a sophomore in high school, we did we did do like 40s and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think I ran a 5-3-40 when I was a sophomore in high school. That is not weighing, bad at Weighing all. 250. Which, well, like at the time, compared to all the other linemen on our team who couldn't get under like six, you know, which is pretty normal. I was like the fastest man alive when I did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not, you know, I, that's not that fast compared to, I'm sure, a lot of the athletes in college these days. But I was I was athletic. And it's very true. Some of the stuff that linemen do compared to the receivers and backs who like look super fast, but also really strong and physical. Some of the stuff the linemen do who weigh almost twice as much or more than twice as much than these skill players that you see doing crazy stuff, they do the same kind of stuff. It just doesn't look as impressive because they're like they're not as fast and explosive with their direction changes as as the skill players look. But oh yeah. They do stuff that's hard to comprehend how like like bowling over a lineman that you're faced up against, bull rushing an O lineman or like pancaking a defensive lineman when mm-hmm. you're when you're, you know, driving on a run play or whatever. 
That's hard. That's so much harder than it looks, uh, but it's hard to appreciate. Like the footwork that offensive linemen have to do because the feet tangling is a problem and the strength to be able to deal with that, but also just being able to change directions and counter basically what they're doing. It's just like wrestling, which is why wrestling and offensive linemen a lot of times they like to put them in those things because you hand fight a lot, but it's... Yeah. Receivers have to hand fight for maybe one second to get off the line of scrimmage if they're against press coverage. You are constantly hand fighting. You are constantly having to reposition your arms and and keep from trying to get your arms outside. You have to stay inside or else get a holding call and then keep your body in front of them and the quick movements and change of direction to keep your footwork right so that you're not off balance when you make contact, but you're also not over leaning forward. It's incredible. Like I would argue that the most technical footwork is required by the offensive line in all of football. Um, I would say the second most probably goes into the running back and like the D line and linebackers, but like the footwork of the offensive line is absolutely extraordinary. Yeah. Well, and it's a funny combo too, because, and and you have to imagine too, the offensive linemen are effectively trying to move backwards Mm -hmm. and keep pace with a defensive player who is running forward toward them or into them. Yep. So it's, yeah, balance is huge, but also you have to, you have to get the footwork right so that you could be ready to hit and engage at any point. But also you have to do all of that while you're stepping on each other's feet. Yep. Because the O-lineman, that was the main injury I suffered my entire football career was getting my ankle absolutely decimated either by my my teammate next to me stepping on me while we're both, you know, battling in pass coverage or whatever, or the running back slamming into my backside. And then falling on my ankle or my knee. Yep. And like the the O line takes a lot of punishment from both directions. All the linemen do. The D line don't get any less uh, battled, but it's really challenging because it's funny. The O linemen in the NFL can look really fun, really silly, mm-hmm. you know, especially if they're on the end, on the outside, trying to cover a, a defensive end guy who's insanely fast, who's trying to get around them. Sometimes O linemen like fall on their face or, or slip and fall backwards, or, and it's like, oh, what an idiot. He fell down. He's right on the very edge of what, how much grip his cleats will get him, how much he can keep his huge body balanced over his legs that are getting stepped on. It's, it is challenging. And it's not as flashy. And I get why people don't always appreciate it. But it was tough. It was honestly, it was a good sport. Until... Football was the area that I had trouble with the people that was made worse by like a a kind of a mild injury that I got Mm -hmm. that led to changing my entire life plan and being kind of generally unhappy about it. Yes. For a minute anyway. So what happened? So the way I hurt myself, it was not in a game. It was honestly really stupid. And it, it had to do mostly with a lack of coordination on my part. We were doing practice drills. And we had this metal cage called the chutes, oh God, uh, which is a common awful. football thing. Well, but for O-linemen, we, we use the chutes as a way to learn how to stay low and yeah. keep leverage. Basically, mm-hmm. you get down under them in your stance and you, the goal is to go. There are bars above your head. You're wearing a helmet, but there's metal bars above your head. And the goal is to shoot out of them forward while staying low but being fast and strong in like your body position Mm -hmm. so you learn how to stay low and keep leverage when we use these for all kinds of different drills some were contact some not contact the one i hurt myself doing was just uh it was like a course almost where it was a combination of equipment and then going from thing to thing we just had to do as part of this drill a bear crawl which is on your hands and feet 
crawling as fast as you can yeah. underneath the chute. Mm -hmm. So you were supposed to just run up to it, dive under it, bear crawl through. It was, you know, really quick. But this was a morning, this is a morning practice of, I think it was during two days before, like in the summer during two days, but it was a morning practice. The grass was still wet mm -hmm. and I like dove to do my bear crawl under the thing and my right hand got zero grip and just shot out from under me. And I fell from a full standing position into diving forward and down directly onto my shoulder joint with my shoulder above my head. Oh God, yeah. That's that's which a, isn't like that's not a terrible position if you lay down carefully into it. Yeah, but landing with impact. Ooh. Yeah. I basically impacted my shoulder joint when it was in a really sort of vulnerable position and screwed up the massive muscle and tendons on the front side of my entire shoulder. So like the labrum. I don't remember. Yeah, I think that's right. It's like the top of the pack that connects to your shoulder that kind of keeps your shoulder socket in, and it's like for when you pull your arms together. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't like rip it off or tear it completely, mm -hmm. but I tore it enough. That's a very important like point of strength for being an offensive lineman. It basically yep. made my right arm pretty weak and pretty useless. Yep. And I did this and like, it was an injury that lots of people get and that's not terrible, especially cause mine was pretty light. It's not terrible to come back from, but this put me in the position of, I was no longer like one of our starting linemen. Mm -hmm. I was no longer like pivotal to the team. Mm -hmm. I was wearing a sling. I was not practicing. I was on the sideline for, you know, whatever. And it lasted long enough that it lasted until the season started. So I was on the sideline for games and this gave me a different perspective that I'd never seen where everyone on the team was like nice enough to me, not super nice, but like decently nice right. because I was an important part of the team. Yeah. But when I was no longer important, I learned that those guys fucking hated me. They thought I was just this stupid fat kid who was good at football because I was so big, nobody could push me over. They were absolute like scumbags towards me and not very directly but like you know you get you, you get a different perspective i'm on the sidelines i'm behind them i'm listening to them talking and whatever and some of them were mean to my face yeah and had been for a while but like i was an important part of the team and this was my goal i wanted to play football but that experience of being injured and coming to basically resent my teammates made me give up on football and I actually changed to marching band, which changed my life because it led me to go to music school for a couple of years and changed my entire experience. And that music school is also where I met Mandy, who's now my wife. So that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, but like just that one experience, just because I got injured for like six months, it helped me realize that my teammates had no respect for me. They made fun of me. They thought I was just this big fat kid who sucked and was slow and, you know, whatever that I wasn't. I had no skill at football. I was just a big guy. Whether or not that's true, it was very eye-opening. And it. I don't think I've ever talked to any of those dudes ever again since. I switched into band and marching band. And so I didn't really have to interact with the football guys. And I never did. I never spoke to them again. They never like checked up on me see how the recovery is going or whatever. I might as well have not existed. And uh, that soured me towards like athletics and the like sport jock community for probably the, I mean, for the rest of my life, really. I still don't really associate with anyone who, aside from maybe you, 
but I wouldn't really call you like a jock, like a stereotypical jock, you know, dude. Yeah. I've never, I've never been part of that community since. And it's kind of like disappointing because I really loved football and I really thought I was going to try and play at college level. And who knows if I would have made it. I may have made it to, you know, a, a AAA school or junior college or something if I really wanted to realistically. But I don't know. It's like changed the whole trajectory of my life and it has nothing to do with the sport. But it is like, that's like the culture of sports, you know, especially in school, especially football. Yeah, it can be so toxic. It made me wonder. And it makes me wonder when I think about it still, how many kids are like they're on the team, right? They're on the baseball team, football team, whatever. And it's their whole life. But also they're miserable Mm -hmm. because they're surrounded by people who could not care less about them, who are not friends who don't treat them like friends, who are essentially toxic to them personally, but they're on the team. So they have to be invested in these people because they're on the team. It, it makes me wonder. Well, and and that's an interesting thing because I had, I had a similar experience and that's why I stopped playing football in high school and went and played water polo. And it's, it's all about the people, right? And the culture that's brought up. And a lot of that is coaching. A lot of that is like, if you grow up together, sometimes you get along and for whatever reason, kids are awful. They can absolutely be dreadful and awful. And part of that has to do with parenting and parents saying stuff and perspectives of understanding that different body types exist and the importance of different players. Because I've seen plenty of football teams that are like really good cultures but i've seen a lot of them that are really bad and a lot of that has to do with like the coaching staff and the parents and the culture that's created in that program right because like i had a great experience in college until like my senior year after i went through my kidney transplant and the center for the team was an absolute dickhole to me after that but like me and him were fine before i had my kidney transplant and i was it was whatever but there's always like a select few people in some sports that that ruin the fun for everybody and i think that's the hardest part with football is there's so many people on a team that it's hard to to build that to be inclusive and understanding and actually appreciate each other and sometimes it's like a two-way street it's like whether you can make the effort and broach the subject but sometimes people are just assholes and so like i left football and went to the water polo team because i felt included and accepted there even though i sucked at swimming like Mm. And for whatever reason, I both of us are from Ohio, so it makes me think that Ohio, sometimes the high school kids are just assholes. But like, I've also seen high school programs where it's not like that. A lot of them have been private schools and stuff like that, but they're still like the mean sections of the group. And it's like, if you're not what they consider high caliber or they think you're better than them, that they tear you down in whatever way they see possible because it's the feeling threatened by it. It it still happens in work cultures throughout the world. Like even in the student body, I've experienced it within like high school as well. It's like the popular kids, you know, it's like the sections and groups. And so it's one of those things that it's, it's one of those detriments that a lot of people get from sport, but it's because some people are just dicks. Yeah. And so it's that stereotype of the jock stereotype because it's far too common and a lot of people have experienced that. But it's like me, like you said, I'm I'm the one sports person that you're friends with. I never was like a jock or a dick to anybody. Like early on when I was a kid, yeah, I was I was full of myself, but I didn't like go out of my way to say I hated somebody. I would say that I didn't think they were good and stuff like that, which was still dickish. But I learned over time that like that wasn't cool, you know, mm-hmm. and that. I also was a person outside of sport. Like I had other interests. I I used to do art and all these different things at the time. And so it's one of those things that I think that's why a lot of people are like, ooh, sports ball or yuck sports and stuff like that. And that's why, you know, Mark and I kind of wanted to create this podcast because there's a certain level of understanding on the outside looking in where you think, 
and a lot of people have experienced this where people are just dicks. But there's also an inclusive culture in different parts that I've experienced as well that have been so welcoming and warm. Like when I played baseball and youth baseball up until like the last year I played, I ended up... <sighs> I played baseball and I forgot to talk about it. <sighs> baseball, man, baseball. But there's like this this semblance of the outside looking in that people in sports are just dicks and just care about sports. And if you're not good at sports, they make fun of you. Yeah. And I, I think that's a select few that just ruin everything for the perspective of people that are on the outside. That was such a good transition for my story that you don't even know about. Oh? <laughs> well, so I was going to cap that whole thing off by saying like, so that ruined football for me and really at the time sort of turned me off of enjoying sports too much. Mm -hmm. But that's not like where it ended. And I was going to just talk about how once I was in marching band, um, we actually had, there was just like a marching band rec league indoor soccer club. Oh, hell yeah. That was co-ed and you could just join no matter who you were, if you, if you played soccer or not, which I, my senior year just by happenstance was in charge of because I was on the team and then like everyone kind of graduated. That was super fun. We were okay at soccer we had some uh people who were in marching band and also played soccer for the school uh, a couple of twins specifically who were like really good and played in college i think nice that came and played and and they're the ones who like scored the goals while everyone else stood on defense basically uh but that was incredibly fun and it was because it was a thing where it was with friends and then we played a sport together yeah but it was like as friends and marching man but also my baseball experience was super chill yeah um i i started playing baseball in high school i did not play when i was like a little kid really i started playing baseball just because i was like you know what i want to i baseball seems fun and it was i was terrible at it um but it was super fun and it was because the guy who coached uh our team was just a dad of one of the starting pitchers for our high school baseball team. Mm -hmm. And he got a couple of his buddies from the team to kind of come play and be ringers, right? They were like really insanely good compared to the kids who just played for fun in the rest of the league. Mm -hmm. But the dad was such a cool dude. Like literally that team, we won the league a couple times in the, in the four years that I played and we would get to like the final game or even, you know, in any, in any important game, there was one I remember specifically where it was like, if we win this, we go to the playoffs. If we lose this, the season is over. And he would just stand up in front of the team and be like, all right, guys, we're in a good position here. If we win this game, we can go to the playoffs. But like I always do, I'm going to ask you, are we playing for fun? Are we playing to win today? Mm -hmm. And it was literally like a vote, right? Even the guys who were really serious about baseball, this was just for fun for them. And they were always like, I'm here for fun. I don't care. But me and the other, you know, the sort of not so good players on the team were always given the choice. And most of the time we played for fun. But there that specific time we were like, let's win this. I want to go to the playoffs. I want to play three more games, you know? Mm -hmm. Let's do it. And he did. He put in our star pitcher and he put everyone at, you know, the position they're supposed to play. And that meant that I basically rode the bench for seven out of nine innings. I didn't get to do that much, but we won. And it, that was fun, but we all chose it together. And it was partially because the dad was chill. He was a great coach. And my dad was our scorekeeper. So mm -hmm. he was like in the dugout and he just kind of stood and scribbled on his little pad. But it was also because the kids were, I don't know, weren't obsessed with like winning and getting a scholarship to college. There was competitiveness, but it was like fun competitiveness with friends. That was a great experience. So it wasn't all bad, but there was something about the football culture that like made me change my entire life trajectory. But I also had some really good time with sports. And so it really is about the people, which is I think kind of basically what you said. It's not that sports make people like that. And it's not that 
you know, all athletes are like that. There are definitely groups of athletes and teams and cultures around coaches that are like that. But I had some really great times with athletics as a kid. And I kind of miss it, but I'm a little afraid that if I tried to play a sport now, I'd hurt myself. Because uh, all that athleticism really fades if you don't use it, you know? Well, I mean, I know you and Mark played uh, a lot of ping pong or table tennis um, in college. That was one of the things you guys did. Oh, yeah. Have you ever thought about playing pickleball? Because I've got a group of friends who are going to try and start going to to just like the pickleball courts and play pickup games with people here in L.A. And I love pickleball. It's You don't have to be super athletic. And people, it's like an honor-based game. So it's like, it can be super competitive, but it's like most people that I've played with in my experience are just kind of fun. And it's just kind of like, oh yeah, you know, could have got that, but it's okay. You know, next point and play the next point, you know? And it's, it's to me, the reason I bring up ping pong is it's like, to me, it feels like ping pong, but you're on the court. Yeah, I've seen pickleball. It looks pretty chill, but I, I have no, I haven't looked into it. I have no idea if there's a, if there's even like courts around here. I haven't seen them, but a lot of times courts like that are hidden somewhere back in a park or a place you're never going to go unless you're trying to go to that specific thing to play pickleball or whatever. Yeah, they're they're all over California. But going into the final act, we've taken a long time going through the, all of these, but it's always it's been good stuff, and I enjoy talking with you every time I get a chance to, Bob. Um, especially when we talk about sports, which is so infrequent. Mm-hmm. But it's just like our perspectives have a little bit of of different nuance to them that there's still areas where they tie together, but like we had a discussion at one point about participation trophies and our thoughts on that. We have different perspectives on it, but I, I just really enjoy having, having our conversation because it expands my thought processes, especially when your brain works a little bit different than mine. And it's like, oh, I never thought about it that way. Yeah. I feel like we often have discussions like that. Yeah. We have very different perspectives on a lot of stuff, which is interesting for sure. Yeah. But going into act three today, Obviously, you went through high school, switched to marching band, you played baseball, you have experience with gymnastics in youth, soccer in your youth, your scooty-doos. But how are you doing today? I know like recently you guys started trying to like get a little more walks in, doing a little more exercise here and there. What have you been up to today athletically or or what has been kind of like the things that you think about or enjoy uh, from sport? The primary way that sports are in my life right now is definitely as a fan. Mm-hmm. I'm not very active. And since Mandy has been pregnant, she's been sick the whole time. We haven't been like doing stuff together because we, we had been walking. There's tons of trails. We live in the Bay Area in San Francisco. There's tons of places to walk and to bike. And it's taken a backseat since the pregnancy too. But I would say the main sport thing that I actually participate in is uh, cycling. Yeah. And very more as like a hiking, adventuring type of thing than a real competitive in any way. But Mm -hmm. Manny and I got like e-bikes a couple of years ago. Do you guys have Super 73s too? No, we've got like, they look like bicycles, but they have assist. And it it basically just makes it easier to go further. Right. Because we also, we have regular bikes, just like non-fancy bicycles. And when you're out of shape to begin with, and like Mandy was never big into cycling. My dad was a big cyclist. He did, I want to say it was a, a hundred mile race, which it wasn't like a race, but it's like a hundred mile ride, uh, you know, with, with a ton of people, like a sign up for an event, like a 5k, but it was like a hundred mile bike ride mm-hmm. with me on a child's seat on, on the back of his bike. <laughs> he used to be a very keen cyclist. And so we grew up, we would just casually go on like, 10 mile, 15 mile, 20 mile bike rides as a family, or just my brother and I would go with dad if it was like mom was at work or whatever. Cause mom worked 
50 hours a week or more potentially very dedicated to her career so we would we would do that and so i grew up biking and so that's the thing that like i still comes pretty naturally but mandy and i on our regular bikes especially because the area we live is super hilly it's a serious struggle to go like to hit like a 10 mile ride oh, that's yeah. like it a workout to the death because there's like climbing these hills where it's like 10 to 15 you know degree grades some mm -hmm. of them are more mm -hmm. and going down those is great but going up those is fucking death going down those is terrifying if you ask me well yeah <laughs> it's yeah it can be but yeah so so biking was like a way we were trying to get out and explore our area and get a little exercise but on an e-bike we could do, you know, 10 to 20 mile ride and it's pretty casual mm -hmm. and you control like everyone may, people may have a vision of e-bikes as basically being motorcycles with pedals. Yeah. And you can do that for sure. But like we would pedal the whole time and you can absolutely control like how much your resistance you have, how much of a workout it is. And so it would still be a good way to get some exercise and, you know, use the throttle on the uphills or whatever if you needed to so you could keep going but then you get to see more of a trail you get to ride to the next city instead of just riding through a park and then getting to the end and feeling like you're gonna pass out because it was that last uphill was insane so that's like the only sporty athletic -y thing i would say i participate in but i love watching sports yeah. And it's not maybe traditionally what a lot of sports fans like, but I currently my sport obsessions are uh, the NFL. No, that's not the one. The NHL, hockey. Hockey. Uh, I love hockey. Big San Jose Sharks fan. Uh, but I also kind of root for the Hurricanes because we live in North Carolina. And mm -hmm. I also kind of root for the Blue Jackets because we live in Ohio. We're from Ohio. Uh, I love hockey. Hockey is a great sport. It's a little dangerous with the high speed and the slippery surface. But in general, it's way less injurious than football tends to be. Mm -hmm. and you're not getting, you know, seeing guys get blindsided and their helmet pops off and you're afraid they might be dead because they're cervical spine separated from their body or something uh but it still has like a lot of physicality it has big i mean you guys did a primer on this you talked about it yeah it's a good sport i'm not a fan of the fighting but i understand that that comes with it because i didn't invent hockey so i don't get to decide what is or is not part of it but other than that i also really enjoy motorsport of a lot of varieties and i also really enjoy esports yeah Yes, I love esports. Even games, because a lot of the esports I watch are games that I play personally, which makes sense. You know, I'm watching something that I really enjoy anyway. But I also enjoy watching games I don't play. I love watching StarCraft II esports tournaments. Uh, I even watch League of Legends, which I've basically never played that game. I know nothing about it. Oh, League of Legends, like before the event, like show that they kind of do. This last mm. one was so cool. Yeah, the the stuff is just, the events are getting crazier and crazier. The fan base is growing. Uh, this past week, there was an event in Rio, a Counter-Strike event that was, it was like a soccer game in the Premier League. The entire time, especially in the matches that were really hot, the Brazilian fans are in the stands jumping, singing chants. They have chants for all kinds of different things for different players or teams. There was a section of like a drum line almost where guys were playing beats to go with the chants. It was like the hypest atmosphere that you can imagine for an event. And they, and it was just, Counter-Strike, you know, is guys playing video games on a stage. It's awesome. The esports scene is blown up and is getting really insane with the, how big the events are and how insane the crowds are. It's a great thing to just enjoy as like a sport 
event on on TV or YouTube or wherever they broadcast. Yeah. I also know the Overwatch League just had a a major event recently. I don't pay that much attention to esports just because I've just been so busy with other stuff, but I see plenty of people talk about it and I know a number of people that work within the esports industry that I see it enough on social that I get to check out like the cool stuff that they post about. The Overwatch World Cup was or it wasn't World Cup. It was whatever. It was like the championship of this season, this yeah. past season. Super hype. Very good crowds. Excellent atmosphere. The gameplay was super fun to watch. I uh, I play that game myself, and I'm terrible at it. I kind of get frustrated with it. But the, the esports stuff has always been... One of the greatest events ever was probably the Overwatch World Cup in like... I want to say 2015 or 2016, possibly both of those years. So it was at BlizzCon. I think Molly and Wade actually got to go to that. One of the craziest events, like just an amazing atmosphere. Yeah, the and one they feel snuck it in. through the broadcast. <laughs> the yeah, one. yeah, that one. <laughs> the one where he was like behind the scenes walking past where the teams were because he just <laughs> pretended like he was with these people that got through the door. <laughs> yeah. Hey, whatever works. You got to get in. You got to see the matches, man. Yeah. You see it. Oh, man. Crazy. But yeah, it's I love esports. And I, I've been watching competitive gaming stuff since like 2013. Mm-hmm. And to see how it's developed has been really fun. And all the new games that have, have come out and grown their own esports scene has been really interesting. Oh, absolutely. I know PUBG, like early on, you were involved in like a, a somewhat esports thing. Was it like PUBG oh, Mobile? Oh, yeah. It was like a PUBG Mobile Pro-Am creator professional tournament thing. Yeah. That was, I got absolutely dunked on by people who play that game <laughs> eight hours a day and are insane at it. Yeah, but you were the celebrity for that one, right? I was. I was a cel- I, Even though I didn't qualify for the event, I was a celebrity guest at the finals of that event. Hell yeah. And I got my own jersey with my own name on it and everything. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, that was very fun. That was an excellent experience. Well, Bob, it's been great chatting with you. Do you have anything you want to wrap up? Any conclusions looking back at your sports life that you want to put out there? Um, also promote yourself and everywhere you are, including that other podcast that Mark likes to shit on on here, but I appreciate listening to when I have a chance. I would say, uh, because I know it's kind of the theme of this, but also you already have a ton of listeners, so maybe they already know. I would say don't underestimate sports. There's a lot of stigma around it, especially growing up, whatever your experience was or wasn't as a child in school, whatever with sports that may have soured it or given you a very specific idea of what sports are, what it's like to be a fan of sports. There's a lot of stuff that's out there in the world. There's a lot of really interesting niche sports that you may find you love or you may find the community surrounding them is just fantastic and you feel very welcome. I can relate to feeling very disillusioned about sports and not wanting to be a part of that world. And I'm not like a major part of it. It's not a huge part of my life right now all the time. But it is a way to connect to people and to really have a good time. And it does not have to be one of the major, you know, it doesn't have to be NHL, hockey, or Premier League, soccer, or whatever. There's a lot of local sports. There's a lot of niche things. There's about a million different variations of motorsport that are all weird and hilarious in their own special way. So if, you know, if you wish that you had something to sort of be a fan of, there's potentially some really great stuff out there in the sports world that I would recommend, even though I don't know what it is. Yeah. And that's why we do the primers, because even I'm learning and like the cricket primer was completely eye opening for me. Yeah. Cricket's a crazy sport. I kind of want to listen to that just because I don't know what the hell happens in cricket. There's a ball and a 
big bat, but it's like a big paddle. And this one guy with puffy gloves, I don't know what he does. <laughs> it's a weird sport, man. But I feel like I, if I learned about it, maybe I wouldn't think it was so weird and just think it was another sport. <laughs> I think the World Cup, if it's not still going on, well, it won't be still going on by the time this airs, but it's been going on the T20 World Cup in Australia. So, huh. Which is huge. It's the the premier international competition for, I think it's just men's cricket right now, but I'm not sure. But it's happening in Australia and it's been a, a big deal. If you don't know, India is obviously one of the top countries every year in, in cricket because it's their national sport. But it's really interesting. Well, I'll have to listen to that one. Yeah. Not to say that I don't listen to this podcast because I do. Which I appreciate because Wade doesn't listen to it. So you guys should make this even beat Wade's episode. What a loser. So listen to the heck out of this. Um, go check out Bob over on Distractable. They have cool merch. It's store.distractiblepodcast.com, right? Yeah, I think so. I usually say it wrong when I do it in our end of our episodes. So that's probably right. Um, but they also have their YouTube channel. Go check out Bob individually over on his Twitch channel and his YouTube channel. It's uh, MySkerm, M-U-I-S-K-E-R-M. I think I spelled that right you did hell yeah this is all off of memory no one ever does <laughs> um so check out bob wherever he is and of course support this podcast like follow subscribe follow click the thing download whatever all the stuff on the listening plus list. button click all the buttons you know um share it with a friend and uh if you want to get some merch for yourself we got some new stuff that's going to be coming out here soon over on store.gmfst.com and uh if you want to follow me everywhere on social media just search my name tyler shide mark's not here so we're not going to promote him suck it thank you guys so much for listening bob it's been a pleasure sir it was fun i had more sports to talk about than i even thought what do you know it always happens it's inevitable. Sports is so ingrained in society. It's amazing how much it is in our lives. I thought that was about to get really ominous. That's right, <laughs> listeners. Sports is inevitable. It's in just you. like that purple guy. Oh, not purple guy. What's his name? Thanos? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> I know things. <laughs> I, I almost thinking... said Kratos because God of War just came out, but that ain't right. He ain't purple. The funniest thing is I thought of purple guy from what is it? Five Nights at Freddy's. So <laughs> mm. Clearly, I don't know the game. I mean, maybe he thinks sports are inevitable too, but I can't speak for him. I just know that Thanos thinks that lots of stuff is inevitable. Maybe it's all a sport to his animatronics. <laughs> this is just a sport to me. Do you mean a game, sir? No, it's a sport. It's competitive. <laughs> you have to beat me. You have a sporting chance against me, even though you'll never defeat me. Uh, I know, my Thanos voice is pretty good. You don't have to leave it in the comments. That's all right. I know already. That's how he talks. Also, hopefully you can tell the difference between Bob and my voice now. Like, No, everyone's going to think it's just you talking to yourself for the whole episode. Like, man, I was really digging into this alternate persona situation. <laughs> Does he think we're going to believe that there's another person with him on this episode? or Is Bob real? Or is Tyler real? Which one's fake? We've only seen them in the same room at the same time on multiple occasions. All over the world. What if they're world? not different people? <laughs> what if those were just paid actors? Yeah. Or Tyler in a fat suit. That made me think too hard. <laughs> it's just sad if you don't laugh. Come on, laugh. It's inevitable. Laugh. <laughs> All right, everyone. Bye.